Welcome to Ag Future, presented by Alltech. Join us as we explore the challenges and opportunities facing the global food supply chain and speak with experts working to support a planet of plenty. I'm Tom Martin, and joining me is Guido Crolla, Manager of Procurement with Alltech Copens, a global specialist in developing, producing, and marketing fish feed and nutrition solutions. Mr. Crolla took the lead in producing a report detailing the company's commitment to sustainability, and he joins us now to talk about it. Greetings, Guido. Hello, Tom. So, uh, Alltech has committed to nine of the United Nations' 17 Sustainable Development Goals. If you would, let's begin by having you tell us how, as a subsidiary of Alltech, Copens is working to support that commitment. Well, Alltech did a great job by committing themselves to the United Nations Global Compact uh, on July, uh, July 2019 and with the creation of the Planet of Plenty vision. And as a subsidiary, this gives us a lot of possibilities and opportunities as well. So one of the SDGs Alltech committed is themselves to was SDG number 14, Life Below Water. And this SDG fits perfectly with us with Alltech Coppens as a daily job is based on the life below water. We believe that we all have a contribution to achieve a better world and to create more awareness on the SDGs. So within Alltech Coppens, we created our own sustainability team. We called it our Planet of Plenty team. And this team consists out of seven members from different departments. And this gave us the opportunity and the possibility to raise more awareness within the complete company in a short period of time, as most disciplines are involved in the team. And in addition, we are in narrow contact with the people of the Planet of Plenty team in the States and with colleagues from all over the world who are focusing on sustainability as well. We within Alltech Coppens, we believe that communication and knowledge sharing is, uh, is the key to achieve a vision of a Planet of Plenty and you want you will hear it uh, several times during this podcast, I think. But yeah, we can only achieve a planet of plenty when we work closely together, Tom. Uh, how is Alltech Coppins researching, developing, and and putting into practice better alternatives to the way the fish industry has been going about its business? So the Alltech Coppins R and D and procurement departments evaluate all the raw materials which we use in our aquaculture products. Uh, and so we ensure that they are sustainable source and responsible and ultimately benefit farm performance and the future of our industry and planet. So different feed is characterized according to its impact on different factors such as climate change, acidification, etc. So by assessing how much feed we produce, how much of each raw material or ingredient we use in each feed, and the geographical location of our suppliers, we can evaluate the raw materials. We are determined to contribute to the United Nations SDGs and evaluate the origin of the raw materials. So last year, 80% of the raw materials that we sourced were produced within Europe. 30% came from Germany, where our factory is standing, and 60% came from the Netherlands, where we have our head office. And we expect that those numbers will further increase this year and the year after. So nowadays, you know, fish feed quality is not only determined by parameters directly related to the fish, like the performance. But there's also a focus on the effect of the feed on the planet. So we conduct a lot of trials on alternative raw materials like insect meal and single-cell proteins. 
that we are constantly sourcing new alternative raw materials with a strong focus on lowering the impact the peat has on the environment. So I take it from what you just said that you are working with other companies in other parts of the world to improve sustainability in aquaculture. Indeed, Tom. If we want to achieve a sustainable world and a planet of plenty, we have to work together. So we work closely together with local partners and factories to produce efficiently and at the same time to minimize adverse effects on the environment. With sharing our knowledge and experience, we want to provide the local communities with better feed and to lower the feed conversion ratio. By doing so, we're not only providing the local communities with more food and better food, but we are decreasing the usage of raw materials too. So a win on both sides. How is sustainability embedded in the Copen's business strategy, and what are the ambitions and goals of that strategy? So, within Altec Copen's, we are inspired by the great challenge the world has presented us to produce enough safe, nutritious food for all, while caring for our animals and sustaining our land, air, and water for future generations. Our Planet of Plenty vision is a vision of promise, possibility, and positivity for the future. It's a belief that it's a world of abundance is achievable, but it will take all of us to work together. So within all tech corpus, we focus our attention on three main areas as they are directly related to a value chain. The first one is sustainable operations. The second one is science and innovation. And the third is people and communities. If you visit our website, altecoppens.com, you will find all examples on how sustainability is embedded within our business. Varying from sustainable feed index, reusing water, creating an Altec Coppens Academy, circular waste management, and a lot more. And on the longer term, we have set ourselves the goal to be carbon neutral at the Altec Coppens Aqua Center by 2025, so within three and a half years, to expand renewable energy and to use only renewable energy by 2030, and to realize zero waste emissions by recycling and reusing uh, materials throughout the complete life cycle of a fish feed by 2030. It, it might seem obvious, but maybe not. Why, why should sustainability, why should the long term be viewed as a business issue? Yeah, to simply put it, sustainability is a business approach to create a long-term value by taking into consideration our business operates in an ecological, ecological social, as well as the economic environment. So as the expectations of corporate responsibility increase and as transparency becomes more prevalent, companies are recognizing the need to act on sustainability. So professional communication and good intentions are no longer enough. But to sum it up, sustainability is a major challenge, one that matters beyond individual companies. As we all want to have a long-lasting and valuable business, and we can only achieve this by embedding sustainability within the core of our business. There's a section in the sustainability report that you oversaw on materiality and supplier assessments, and we hear a lot these days about very serious supply chain issues. Are there these sorts of problems within the aquaculture industry? Yeah, unfortunately they are. So we face the same struggles and challenges as most other major industries. Uh, we have governments interfering with export and import taxes. There are trade wars, strikes, extreme weather situations. Then we have COVID-19, a complex global logistics situation, and so on. 
And the hardest part here is that our customers and their animals are relying on us as a feed specialist. We can't afford any delays of a week or longer. Even a day might be critical. And therefore, at Alta Coppens, we are constantly monitoring everything and everyone around us to anticipate in the best possible way. There's a documentary out there. It debuted in March on Netflix. Seaspiracy is the title, and it stirred up a lot of controversy. A lot of celebrities praising it as, quote, a brilliant expose of fishing is the greatest threat to marine life, end quote. But NGOs, sustainability labels, and some of the experts quoted in the documentary have accused the filmmakers of making misleading claims using out-of-context interviews and erroneous statistics. Where do you come down on this matter? Yeah, Tom, I think we all agree that it's a message of the ecological harm of industrial fisheries. It's a major urgent issue. But to be fair, we need to present facts, not fiction, and unite, build consensus, and use rational arguments to convince people to change. The convenient oversight of not including the many, many success stories of good management, guided by science and communities, provides an extremist view of this issue. Uh, Guido, what in your mind are some of the more serious misperceptions that are advanced by this film? Well, the biggest error is to say that sustainable fisheries don't exist. As we all know, food production systems have an impact on the natural world. But obviously, some more than others. However, sustainable fisheries do exist. In the most recent assessment by the United Nations Food and Agriculture Organization, it was calculated that almost two-thirds of the fish stocks were being harvested in a sustainable manner, around 66%, and that 78% of all landings of marine fisheries came from biological sustainable stocks. And that's a completely different fact than uh, seaspiracy is showing us. Well, the head of the International Marine Mammal Project says Seaspiracy did a disservice to organizations that are doing critical work to protect oceans and marine life. Is that true? Indeed, the movie needed to, uh, to be much more scientifically accurate. So many of the statements made were based on outdated studies, and links were often made where they don't exist. These errors make it very easy for decision makers, like a government, to ignore the message in the film. This piracy had a lack of diversity of views too. So almost all the interviewees were white and from the Western world. We needed to hear from a range of ethnicities and cultures. We needed to hear from the seafood industry, from managers, from NGOs, from the local, uh, the local society, society in Africa or Asia. But almost no fishery and almost no fishery scientists were interviewed for the film as well. Which, yeah, which is, in my opinion, a major omission in a film about overfishing. The documentary's director, Ali Tabrizi, asserts that fisheries are in severe decline. Is that true? Yeah, overfishing is a problem, but we know sustainable fisheries are possible. If we turn entirely to the land for the nutrition that the world currently gains from the sea, the environmental impacts on land would be catastrophic and much more visible to humans. In terms of carbon footprints, well-managed fisheries and aquaculture systems actually have a much lower impact than many other food production systems. So aquaculture currently provides about half of all the fish or seafood in the world, and we need to further expand aquaculture uh, to feed the growing global population. 
So even with improved fishery management, we are unlikely to be able to sustainably produce much more seafood from world capture fisheries. So aquaculture is the future here. Well, this documentary makes one very stark, I would even say breathtaking prediction, uh, quoting from a 2006 study that the ocean will be empty by 2048, empty 27 years from now. Is fisheries depletion actually on such a path? Are we headed toward that? Yeah, this is this is some wrong information and fake news as well. So this claim was originally made in a scientific paper in 2006 by Boris Warren. And the funny thing is, in a follow-up paper in 2009, three years later, he co-wrote that it was found that in certain areas with limited fishing, the stock had recovered already. So when you actually looked at the data this research was based on, it was based on massive extrapolation into the future. It was a static that was questionable to begin with. So a more recent study in 2016, reported by the National Academy of Science of the United Nations, uh, United States, sorry, uh, predicted that over 50% of the fish stocks could be sustainable by 2050. And overfishing is certainly a problem in some regions in the world. But in regions where fishery management regulations are based on scientific evidence and properly enforced, most fish stocks are doing well. What can you say, given all, all that uh, information that's being put out there through the documentary, for example, what can you say to us to reassure people that the industry is committed to sustainability? Well, when we take a look at, uh, let's say, farmed shellfish, like oysters, mussels, escallops, for example, they are some of our most sustainable food options. And you think, Why? because they don't require any additional feedings as they tend to grow their nutrition directly from the ocean, current in which they are grown. And in this way, they create an incredibly direct link from sunshine to highly nutritious animal proteins via plants in the form of plankton. And in some cases, farming shellfish actually reduce pollution and improves water quality. Uh, for example, the fertilizer runoff from land-based farming is a common water pollutant, but shellfish have the ability to filter this from the water and convert it into food. And this also has the added benefit of reducing the likelihood of toxic algal blooms in the area where shellfish farming occurs. And if we go a bit deeper, we see that the global fish-in-fish-out factor, also called the FIFO factor in our industry, is 0.27, which means that we need 270 grams of wild caught fish to produce one kilogram of farmed fish. And this FIFO factor is calculated by dividing the fish caught that is used for aquaculture feed production by the farmed fish fed with those feeds. So if we do the same for all the coppins, we have a FIFO factor of 0.10, which means that we need 100 grams of wild fish to produce one kilogram of farmed fish. That sounds quite sustainable for me. We need one kilogram of fish to gain 10 kilogram of new fish. And in addition, the greenhouse gas emissions of farmed fish are significantly lower than some of our daily used products. Because did you know, Tom, that coffee and chocolate have greenhouse gas emissions that are three or four times higher than farmed fish? And even the healthy oil, healthy olive oil, has a bigger impact on the environment than farmed fish. 
last but not least, the feed conversion ratio for some of the fish species uh, we produce feed for is even below one, which means that we need less than one kilogram of feed to produce one kilogram of fish. Just let this pass your mind and think about this. It's quite sustainable, isn't it? Those are some really interesting comparisons. They put things in perspective. Guido Krola, Manager of Procurement with Altec Coppins. Thank you so much, Guido. Thank you, Tom. I'm Tom Martin. Thanks for listening. This has been Ag Future, presented by Altec. Thank you for joining us. Be sure to subscribe to Ag Future wherever you listen to podcasts.